welcome to The Being Leader. I'm Annabel Graham. Hi everyone. Welcome to this episode of The Being Leader, the podcast that discusses how we need to show up and be as leaders, reflecting on what impacts our behaviours, our relationships and our outcomes, and allows us to focus more on our approach to leading ourselves, our teams and our organisations. So today I'm going to start to think about what that actually means, both at an individual level, a team level, and a more wider systemic level. And I really want you to think about today on the leader that you need to become as we move forward into this century. So 12 months ago today, I made the decision to move my business entirely online. Not just the coaching, but team coaching and leadership development. And that was really in advance of the impending pandemic. And for the last 12 months, I've pretty much done all of it, sat from the desk in my office. The space that was once for admin has continued to be about admin, but now is also the space where I have to create high energy to engage groups of maybe up to 100 through a screen. The space where we work with teams to discuss their vulnerabilities, their fears and their challenges and help them have the conversations that they need to have through a screen. And the space which I hold and listen to individual leaders and enable them to explore their thoughts, their feelings and their concerns. Again, through a screen. You know, if we look back, what a 12 months it's been. Because that decision didn't just impact me, it impacted the facilitators and the coaches I partner with, my clients and their leaders and teams, as we all moved into the virtual world, which all of us globally are spending so much more time in. And did I make that decision easily? Well, do you know, I suppose at the time I did, um, and I made it early because I saw that the writing was on the wall and realised that we were going to be locked down sooner rather than later as countries were gradually closing in. And if I reflect back from the coaching side of my business, I wasn't really concerned as I'd done 50% of that online remotely beforehand. So that wasn't really going to make any difference. But if I'm honest, I didn't really consider what working virtually was going to be. You know, what it was going to mean for me, for the leaders I work with, for the organisations. I just knew we were going to have to do it and somehow I'd figure it out as I went along. And we did. And to be fair, in some cases, I think we still are. But the fact is the pandemic has impacted everybody. It's curtailed freedoms. In some cases, it's brought loss of family members, friends, livelihoods, identities, businesses, and very much the life we used to know. For some, it's brought opportunities, new ways of working, a more relaxed and focused family life, a future that they hadn't quite considered. And it has a long tail, this pandemic, and it isn't by any means over. And I suspect we're going to be feeling the impact for years to come. But what has this meant for leaders? In a lot of cases, a ton of stress. You know, I see that every day through the screen. Listen to it, hear it. 
those that worked remotely or had dispersed teams or multinational teams or you know remote working teams before maybe haven't noticed much difference in the way that they've led because they've been used to that dispersed nature all bit they may not be driving around the country or flying around the globe however the way that their leadership style has landed with people has probably changed dramatically as they've all adapted to the changing environment and for other people it's been absolutely dramatic you know what was once a role in the office where they met people were able to chat um, in the kitchen or in the cafeteria it's now done from a spare room or a garage or a shed in the garden or the kitchen table or their bed or the sofa that's not normal and that's made it harder for some than others if they've had a dedicated workspace you know it hasn't been too bad but for those people who have had to share it with homeschooling and their kids that's not great and for many it's meant isolation so not only have we seen a huge transition in ways of working which people are still struggling with we've seen a huge change in our ways of life and let's not paint the picture that everything is rosy because in many cases it isn't however we've adapted you know we've made ourselves and our worlds a little bit smaller and in many cases we've made the best of it you know as much as we can but it's far from ideal i think however though we're in a tipping point you know we know for the last 10 years that the pace of change technology and innovation has been accelerating disproportionately we're navigating that cusp between the technological age and the information age and know that our roles will change. But in this episode, I really want to think about what does that mean for those of us who are leaders and who will develop leaders to be better than they are now as they move into the future? What challenges are we facing in the now, which will absolutely be different in the future? And what does that mean for the leader we need to become? So let's look at where we are now to start with and the shift and the challenge that we need to be navigating. And when I look at the challenges that are coming up in the businesses I work with and the leaders I talk to, I think we can break it down into three really broad categories. And these are, in many ways, the lenses through which we need to view the present, the future and the actions in which we need to take and the way in which we need to be and show up. So the first of all is the individual. You know, we need to reflect on what are we facing that is affecting how we are being as leaders? How are we coping with uncertainty? How is the pandemic impacting us, our families, our friends, our businesses? And what knock-on effect is that having on us? On how we show up, how we respond, how we engage, and our, our resilience in mental health? Have we got those coping mechanisms in place that allow us to function in a way that gives others certainty, trust? And do we demonstrate fairness in that? And does it enable us to operate in our human and logical brain rather than in our emotional brains, where we're maybe a little bit more fractious, more anxious, more nervous? And how are we coping with that pace of change? Have we got mechanisms in place to allow us to keep learning? to develop our skills, to adapt and move forward? Or are we stuck, nervous, 
overwhelmed and in some cases immobile? Are we managing to see things from a more liminal perspective? Or are we trying to tie things down so they're really black and white, make it concrete, you know, and believe that things aren't shifting around us and aren't volatile and aren't changeable? So think about where are you on all of that? What are you on top of that is your feeling is within your control and what are you struggling with? There's no right or wrong here. There's no judgment. You know, you are where you are. And you need to recognize that and accept it because only from that place can you start moving forward. Next, it's about looking at the team or the system perspective. And I'm going to stick to the organizational context here is, you know, your system could be your family system, but I'm going to make a leap and assume it's your team and your business and your organization that you're viewing this in the context of. And if you're sitting there thinking, I'm not part of a system, then we're going to explore systems a little bit more in a future episode. But for now, I want you to think of a system as that human environment in which you operate with the rules and behaviors that are written or unwritten that govern it. That's what a system is. And we're all part of them. We've always been part of them from our family systems to our schools, communities, cultures and organizations. So what is impacting the system that you're in, the team, the division, the organization? What challenges are there? What isn't working? What's, you know, past its sell-by date? It worked before, but it doesn't now. What's stuck and needs to be changed? And what are you ignoring because you don't want to have to deal with it? How are you working and operating as a leader and as a team and as an organization? And is this helping you or hindering you? And if I was to go and ask your team or your stakeholders or the people around you how you could better serve them at this moment in time and in the future, what would they say? And would you recognize what they said or even want to hear it? And the final lens that I want you to think about is the wider environment. And by wider environment, I mean everything in which we operate. So that could be the economy, the global nature of how we work, the geopolitical issues which are impacting us, the climate issues, the environmental issues, all of that that we need to be aware of. We're part of a bigger system. And when we start to think about how we need to be for ourselves and our teams, we can't discount that wider environment. We need to understand what it means for us. So let me give you an example. If over the last 12 months we aren't traveling as we would normally for our work and our roles and haven't gone to the office do we really need to go back to that do we really need to go back to normal what impact is it going to have if we don't how will it impact the wider environment you know if everyone in your business didn't do that what would you save in travel in time in commuter stress, in emissions, how would your ecological footprint go down? And if that has had an impact over the last 12 months, what would happen if you continued it going forward? You know, I'm sure some people want to change and and I'm sure it won't be 
permanently. But, you know, some of the things that we've done in lockdown, there's been some good that's come out of that. And maybe we want to harness some of that before it vanishes. So think about what's going on in that wider environment around you and what impacts you. So that's the now. Where are we as individuals, as teams and systems, and what's going on in the wider environment? The next thing I want to do is then look at the future and think about, you know, what's coming up for us? Now, I'm not a futurist expert by any means, but I am interested in it and I do read around it. And we know just from looking back at the patterns of the past in the decades that were impacted in the 1920s and the 1820s, there is a pattern forming and we're beginning to form it again. If you look back at those two previous centuries, there was a pattern of a mass shift in technology, in innovation, in changes in society, in people's roles within society, in shifting class systems, mass migration, advancements in medicines, the arts, culture. All of that's happened before. As we humans have changed the nature of how we operate in our wider environment. And it, we're seeing exactly the same themes happen, happen again. So we know through the next decade we will start to see those shifts. What they will look like is uncertain. But the themes will very likely be the same. Now I don't know exactly how we need to be as leaders in 20 or 30 years time or beyond. But I know that in the next five or 10 years, it's gonna be very different than it is now. If I just cast my mind back to 10 years ago, how we work and operate has changed dramatically. And the skills that got us here aren't gonna be enough to move us forward. We're going to need to become learn-it-alls, as Satya Nandela says. You know, we're gonna to have to be people who are constantly feeding, constantly adapting. So if you're sat there as a leader or as a consultant or a coach who hasn't been updating your skills in the last three, four, five years and are not continuing to do so, then my question to you is, what are you going to do different? How are you going to develop your personal learning environment? Because you need to. How are you going to keep up with the pace of change and adapt and change and shift as you go forward. You know from the last 12 months alone, things can move incredibly fast and it's going to keep doing this. So as leaders, we need to be incredibly adaptable. So what are some of the things that we could be facing? Let's look at the future for a minute and cast our mind forward. So as individuals, we will need to help ourselves and our people deal with the pace of change. While we won't have all the answers, we will need to be able to help them with that uncertainty and give them opportunities to grow and to try new things and to feel empowered and to fail safely. You know, when we learn things, we are not gonna get things right all the time. We are going to feel as if we're, you know, out of water. It's gonna be uncomfortable, we're gonna screw up. And we've got to allow that to happen because only in doing that do we learn. And we need to move our viewpoint from being fixed to transient. You know, what we're doing now is not going to be the same maybe in 12 months, in 24 months, in five years. And that's okay. The World Economic Forum reckons that 50% of employees are going to need upskilling in the next five years. And some of that upskilling could take anything from three months to six months to over 12 months. Now that's huge. 
And as leaders, we need to be making that happen and enabling that environment. If we then look to the future for the teams and the systems that we are part of, we know from this year that how we're gonna work is gonna be very different. But how different? Is it going to be entirely virtual? Is it going to be go back to the way it was? Is it going to be a mix? I suspect it's probably gonna be a mix. It's gonna be hybrid. So as leaders, we need to be really conscious about how we're managing our teams, how we're organizing our workload, and how we're measuring what people do. Are we measuring them on outcomes or on productivity? Because surely as long as the job gets done and it's within the time scales we need it to happen, how they go about doing what they're doing doesn't really matter. You know, who gives a damn? As long as they're, if they're doing their job while I sat on a beach, then brilliant, fantastic. Well done them for making that happen. Now, I know some of you will be thinking, you know, my, my role can't change that dramatically. We're in a factory or in a warehouse or in a retail shop. Well, it is going to change. But the bit that probably won't change is you're still going to be on site. But you've got to think about, you know, how do you make that work for your people? How do you give them the flexibility and the autonomy to get the work done in a way that still delivers the outcomes that you need? And when we look at what the future of work is going to be like, there are all manner of ways of thinking about it. PwC has a fantastic piece on the future of work 2030. So if you haven't seen it, go have a look at it. And it gives us four very different views of the world. And I've talked about this in a previous podcast because it looks at... Um, the um, big business, whether it's um, values driven, whether it's ecologically driven, um, whether it's capitalist driven. So it, it allows you to think about things in four different ways. And actually, again, we're probably going to have a hybrid of all of those things. But what that means in itself is there will not be a one size fits all approach to how we work organisationally. And as leaders in businesses, we need to really consider what is right for our people and for our organisations and for how we do business to serve the customers, because that's what we're there for. We need to listen to our customers as well as our people and take feedback from them and then make the best decisions that we can with the information that we have and be prepared to adapt. So that might be working remotely. It might be a hybrid. It might be a flatter organisation, a teal organisation, where we don't have a hierarchy, we don't have leaders, and the best person who can make the decisions leads on every project. So if you don't know what I mean by a teal organisation, um, look up Frederick Laloux. He's a, a key theorist on organisations and has some really great stuff to say about that. We may have to dramatically redesign our organisational structures. And you know we should, because in many cases we're working in an outdated mode that's hierarchy driven, that was out of date in the late 90s. And we've hung on to it because it's easy. So maybe now is the time to be brave. And then let's look at the future of the wider environment. And I don't need to tell you the impact that we're having on the world that we live in. We know emissions are up. We know we're consuming more than ever before. In the last 100 years, world population has gone from 2.3 billion to 7.8 billion. And we've all but doubled the carbon in the atmosphere. And at the same time, we've halved the amount of wilderness that keeps our planet alive merely by how we exist. By 2040, 
and 2050, the Future Agenda, who's a think tank that meets every five years, predict that we have two ways of living. Either in one of 600 megacities that will spring up around the globe, which have larger populations than some countries, or on a more local level, where we access local economy and are more aware of our environmental footprint. And scientists predict that the human population will peak early in the 22nd century at about 11 billion. But it could be earlier or it could be later. Now they're scary statistics. And, and if that's piqued your interest and you want a short but hard-hitting read, I'd recommend A Life on Our Planet by David Attenborough, which came out at Christmas. It's got some frightening statistics, but some very good science. Or Homo Deus by Yuval Harari. There's an equally good discussion around this subject. But this means when we're thinking about how we need to be and live going forward, we can't just think about ourselves, our families and those teams and the organisations that we're part of. We have to recognise the wider front print, the impact that we're having and what we can do to diminish that and remain sustainable. Because sustainability is key. You know, think about what's the impact that most of our workforce working remotely means. It could mean we reduce our carbon footprint. We have better speed of execution. We have lower cost and a lower environmental impact. And people are able to spend less time commuting and more time with their families. So why the hell wouldn't we be doing that? So as leaders, what does that mean for us? How does that mean we need to be? And how do we have to adapt learn and grow to cope with the changes to ourselves, our people and systems and wider environment around us. Well, firstly, we need to be more human. And we need to recognise that we're dealing with humans. That means that we're emotional, we're irrational. We view things through our own lens, which means that it won't always be how things are truly are. And we're vulnerable and we make mistakes. But... Also, we're fundamentally, as a society, cooperative. So being more human as leaders means we can engage people better. By being authentic, demonstrating our values and living up to them, and role modelling them well, and being very aware of what we stand for and what our purpose is and demonstrating that, we can build relationships. We can gauge the people who we work with and bring them along with us. But that also means we might need to be compassionate and understanding and forgiving at times. And above all, we need to be self-aware. Secondly, we need to be continuous learners. We cannot be fixed and think our view of the world is enough or that people within our business know everything. We are far often too narrow-sighted. We're too eager for the quick fix and we need to open our eyes and look at the bigger picture and really understand what the issues are around us rather than fix the symptoms that are in front of us. To do this, we need to understand what our personal learning environment is like. And by that, I mean, where do we get our data from? How do we learn? Is it books? Is it podcasts? Is it videos? Is it discussion forums? Is it social media? Is it membership of different bodies? Is it visiting different organisations to learn from them or getting in diversity into our organisation so we get different voices. And by diversity, I mean of not necessarily just of ethnicity or race, I mean of thinking. So people from different organisations, people from different industries to be able to bring that information and insight is in 
and really help us look at things a different way. We do have to be wary though, that in doing some of these things that we don't go down too narrow of a path. Because in doing that, we end up living in an echo chamber and that reinforces our own beliefs and that can be really dangerous. So we need to be able to have learning that will challenge us, that will make us feel a little bit uncomfortable, that at least makes us think and maybe decide whether or not the truth we see now is the right one. And in that not knowing, we will suspend judgment and learn. Thirdly, we need to empower our people and lead collectively. We need to ditch the ego. We don't have all the answers. We can't do it all on our own. We are part of a bigger system and we need to use the people around us to do that. We can't be the sole decision maker all the time. The more we can coach, develop and empower our people to make decisions, the more autonomy they will have and the happier they will be and the better they will work. Too often as leaders, we're working in an environment that was dreamt up back in the early 20th century, if not the 19th century. If we think back to, you know, the 1950s, McGregor's theory of motivation, the X and the Y theory, X was all about command and control, you know, processes which told people what to do and make sure it happened. And that's how we've been living our working lives for a lot of the time for so long. Why theory worked on the assumption that fundamentally people want to help each other. They want to do the work. And, you know, that's what we've discovered over the last 12 months. People are self-motivated. So let's be more why. Let's help people be autonomous. Let's help people make those decisions themselves. And work with some parameters rather than restrictive rules. Because we need rules. But if you think about it as leaders, the only two decisions we really need to hold on to are the decision that allows us to get resources for the team because the hierarchy says somebody's got to sign it off. And we need to be able to protect the team from interference so they can get on with what they're doing. And if we do that, we make those things happen and allow people to develop, they're going to work much better than when we become the bottleneck. And finally, we need to pay attention to the wider environment. And by doing that, we need to think systemically. And by systemically, I mean understanding the wider systems which we are part of. So that could be our organisation, our customers, our stakeholders, competitors, our industry, our country, our environment or our ecology. We need to ensure that all the decisions that we are making are fitting into all those systems. If our businesses are going to continue, and if we're going to continue to be leaders who can operate and move our organisations and people forward, we have to operate within the big picture. We have to understand the forces that impact us from different places and make decisions with a very wide lens. So that's four things. And is it exhaustive? God, no. They're just themes that will help us move forward at a very basic level over the next few years. They are broad, wide ranging and flexible. And that means they can adapt and change as we get more information and as we see how this future unfolds around us. They'll give us the building blocks and they'll enable us to become the leaders we need to become, even though at the moment we're not quite sure what that means. If you want to find out more about this, I'll put some links to some of the resources I've mentioned in the show notes. And 
over the next few episodes, we're going to be talking a little bit more about how we empower people, about systems thinking and thinking systemically. So by all means, join us and get a little bit more insight into what that can mean for you and for your business. Thanks for listening to The Being Leader.